So Roy Jones recently came out with these comments with regards to his upcoming showdown with Mike Tyson. He said, quote, when it comes to fight time, we're going to fight. If it comes down to bite, we're going to bite. Whatever has to happen is going to happen. That's just what it is. He's still Mike Tyson. He's still one of the strongest, most explosive people who ever touched the boxing ring. If anything, I made a mistake going in with him. He's the bigger guy. He's the explosive guy. He's going to have all the fir first round fireworks, not me. I do have first round fireworks, but he's known more for first round fireworks than anybody to ever touch boxing other than maybe George Foreman. With him having the first round fireworks, he'll be against a, sm a guy smaller than him, maybe 40 to 50 pounds smaller than him. But who knows? End quote. So Shannon Briggs has, you know, interpreted those words from Roy Jones as Jones maybe getting cold feet because he, I'm going to quote Shannon Briggs now. He said, quote, they say champ having second thoughts. Tag me in champ. I'm from Brownsville too. Never ran, never will. Let's go champ, end quote. So he's ready to step in if Roy Jones is starting to get cold feet. Now, personally, I don't think Roy Jones is getting cold feet. I think the stuff he's saying about the mistake that he's made going in with Tyson is just promotional for the fight. You know, just promoting the fight. Uh, the more danger the public perceive there to be for Roy Jones, the more exciting it's going to be for, for a lot of people who are going to tune in to watch this, you know, watch this fight. And, you know, Roy Jones, ever since he got knocked out by Antonio Tava, which was their rematch, ever since then, he hasn't really cared about going in against punches. There's been no fear of getting knocked out again. And indeed, he's been slept numerous times. Remember the horrible knockout he suffered against Lebedev, the horrible knockout he suffered against uh, Enzo Macronelli, was also stopped in one round by Danny Green. Also knocked out cold by Glenkoff Johnson. I mean, just horrible, horrible, really bad knockouts that Roy Jones has suffered throughout his career. And none of this seems to phase him. <laughs> and this is why I say, I don't genuinely think he's getting cold feet against Tyson. I think it's just all promotional talk. And that he fully intends to go in there and, <laughs> and fight this guy come what may. Even if he does get slept again. It's, it's happened to him many times before and he's not afraid of it. Personally... Even though I don't think Jones is scared and, and, and whatever, and he achieved more in his career than Shannon Briggs, but mostly at a much lower weight, I would far prefer to see Shannon Briggs against Mike Tyson than Roy Jones against Mike Tyson. I think Shannon Briggs will be able to hold his own way better than Roy Jones. I think the first time Roy Jones gets hit with anything remotely solid, if Mike Tyson actually goes in there with intent, uh, Roy Jones is going to be out cold. His punch resistance was pretty much completely gone by the time he was about 36, 37. So now when he's in his 50s and he's suffered multiple KO defeats over the years, it's not looking good for him stepping in. Even though he's been more active in recent years than Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson hasn't fought in, what is it, 15 years or something like that. He's been much more active than Tyson. He hasn't been, as far as I'm aware, smoking and drinking as much as Mike Tyson. But at the end of the day, Tyson's just a way bigger man, physically way stronger, way more durable, way more powerful. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't help but fear for Roy Jones, even if Mike Tyson is holding back, even if it's a friendly kind of spar, I feel like he'll be Wreck-It Ralph in the ring 
against Roy Jones where he doesn't even know his own strength. He'll hit Jones with something which maybe isn't intended to flatten him, but ends up flattening him. So yeah, I would rather see Shannon Briggs fight Tyson. Now Tyson says that, well, not just says, he has apparently launched some type of uh, league or movement called Legends or Legends Only, whatever it is, whereby they're going to try and get all these, not just boxers, but veteran sportsmen from lots of different sports and have them competing against each other. Now, some people have criticized this as it pertains to boxing because they've said that really the only old uh, fighter, certainly heavyweight, that most of the public would really be interested in watching is Mike Tyson. The public are not really that interested in watching an old Holyfield or, you know, an old... I don't know, Michael Mora or an old Lennox Lewis, but Mike Tyson still has that mystique about him. And people of younger generations look at Mike Tyson's highlight reels on YouTube. They think, wow, this guy was amazing. We want to see him back in the ring. You know, some people feel like that. But Tyson says, this is not just going to be limited. His legends only, whatever it's called, it's not just going to be limited to boxing. It's also going to be tennis and other sports. And I think that's actually a really good idea. He talked about the possibility of someone like John McEnroe, you know, getting back on the court and playing tennis with some other old school tennis players. I think that could go down really well. So I think it's a good idea. I just hope that if Mike Tyson continues fighting these uh, 50 plus year olds, that Shannon Briggs end up, ends up being one of them. They're both from Brownsville. They did the podcast together. I personally noticed some tension there. More from Mike Tyson's side. Maybe it's just a competitive tension. You know, maybe there's no beef or anything because they do know each other and they are cool with each other. But I don't know. I think there is some competitive energy in the room between Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs. And if any of these old men are going to fight each other, I'd like it to be the two guys from Brownsville. Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs. They're both stir crazy. <laughs> uh, Shannon Briggs has been a lot more active in recent years than Mike Tyson. I believe he is a little, well, no, I know he is a little younger. And yeah, I, I think that that would be something even I might be interested in watching because it's fair. They're both old. Shannon Briggs has been more active, but he's always had this issue with asthma. So his stamina has never been great. I think it could be I think it could actually be a really good fight between Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs. <laughs> Let's go champ and see if it can happen. Normally I'm not in favor of these old men coming back and having fights. But Mike Tyson was an extraordinary athlete. This is not like Nigel Benn coming back who looked terrible in training. If you saw Nigel Benn when he was looking to fight Saki Obiki, he looked terrible hitting the bag. Awful. This is not like Nigel Benn. This is not like so many, even Holyfield. Holyfield's nearly 60. And if you see him moving around and hitting the, uh, he looks terrible. And Holyfield looks like he weighs about 170 pounds right now as well. I mean, he would get absolutely mullered by Mike Tyson. You know, the pads, uh, judging by what I can see at this point, obviously he beat Tyson back in the days that Holyfield was, you know, a much greater physical specimen back then. Nowadays, he looks old and frail and, <laughs> you know, tiny. And look, they did spar when they were very young together. And Holyfield at the time was about 175 pounds and Mike Tyson was 200 pounds plus. And all the witnesses said that Holyfield more than held his own. 
But again, that was when he had his youth and exuberance about him. Now as an old man, I think Tyson, just based upon what I've seen of him training, he has aged a lot better than Holyfield, you know, in terms of his physicality. I mean, Tyson says he's gone through all types of different therapy uh, and God knows what kind of things he's consuming, <laughs> you know, to make himself as... Uh, you know, athletic as he still is at his age, but he was always a tremendous athlete. So he's going to retain a certain amount of that. Um, but be that as it may, he's talked about having all these different things done, these advanced techniques to bring his body back to a decent physical state, you know? So he just looks better physically than Holyfield right now, the way he's moving about. And Shannon Briggs, we know still trains. I mean, it's been a few years since he fought, but still trains, you know, still viable. So that's a fight I'd like to see. Let me stop waffling about this anyway, people. You know where I'm coming from. Let me know how you feel about it in the comment section below. It's happening, I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today. Subscribe to G-Man Boxing, great channel. So head on over there and click that red button, G-Man Boxing on YouTube. So as Eddie Hearn has said previously, the Anthony Joshua, Kubrat Pulev fight and the Dylan White fight and all his other shows are going ahead irrespective of whether crowds are allowed or not. And that is obviously good news for us boxing fans. It's good news for the boxers to some degree. Obviously, they'd prefer to have fans uh, because not only does it give them a lift, but it also puts more money in their pockets by way of gate money. Okay, so that's the ideal scenario. But unfortunately, due to recent announcements, there won't be any fans in the UK for any of these boxing events for the remainder of 2020 and maybe into early 2021 at the very least. Now, Eddie Hearn had talked about maybe staging some of these fights in other countries, coming up with creative ideas. Now, to me, I don't know why. I mean, maybe he has behind the scenes, but he certainly hasn't talked about it publicly. I don't know why Eddie Hearn and many other promoters for that matter, haven't looked into the uh, possibility or the idea of putting a show on in Sweden, a major show. Because people can travel freely between the UK and Sweden right now. And, you know, they could have a crowd out there. So I, I don't see why Hearn hasn't entertained that. Maybe because the situation is so political, there will be pressure against Eddie Hearn not to do that. Maybe the broadcaster wouldn't be on board with that because there's a lot of, uh, let's just say it, a lot of propaganda against Sweden over this past year so far. Uh, but if it's viable, then I think that is something that Eddie Hearn should look at, 
putting in the putting the AJ fight or putting the uh, Dylan White fight or any of his major shows out in Sweden. And I say Sweden rather than Japan. You know, both countries are they have a much more sensible policy than the UK has right now. But Japan is obviously a lot further afield, and therefore Sweden, with its close proximity to Britain, and currently there are no restrictions in terms of traveling between those two countries. So you could get UK fans going out there to actually attend the fight. And I'm sure it wouldn't have a huge capacity. It might be, you know, four, five, six thousand or something, but you could still put something on. So I personally think that's the way that if not Eddie Hearn and some other major promoter out there, maybe Sourland, surely they've looked into, since they, you know, do major boxing shows in Europe, surely they've looked into putting fights on in Sweden. Now, boxing was banned in Sweden for a long time, for many years. They recently made it legal again, was it in the past 10 or 15 years? So it's not a popular sport in that country at all. And obviously you'd need to get the approval of the Swedish government and all that kind of stuff. But I think that if they could pull something like that off, it would be a major shot in the arm for boxing. It would lift the spirits of people in Britain in general, especially sports fans. It would lift their spirits and it would really send a message. So yeah, that's my take on it. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev is still currently in play for December, but they're, they're looking to have it maybe at the O2 with no fans at all. And hey, at the end of the day, fans or no fans, I'm still going to watch the fight. I'm still interested to see how Anthony Joshua deals with Kubrat Pulev. Uh, maybe it will be refreshing for Anthony Joshua not to have fans in the arena. Maybe Anthony Joshua will actually perform better without the fans. Because when they were having fight camp, Joshua was talking about wanting to fight, you know, in Eddie Hearn's back, back garden. Whereas you have other fighters like, let's say, Derek Chisora, who were reluctant to fight without fans because he really thrives off the energy of the fans. Whereas Anthony Joshua is a different type of character. He deals with the fans and he tries to calm his nerves and he does so very successfully. And in some fights, like, for example, the Klitschko fight, without those 80,000, 90,000, whatever it was at Wembley cheering him on, he might not have been able to come back from the brink of defeat. So I don't want to underestimate how much fans might have lifted AJ in some fights in the past. But at the same time, maybe the fans were detrimental to AJ in the first Ruiz fight. Maybe the fans were detrimental to AJ in the Dylan White fight because they got him too excited. You know, he was going off the energy of the fans wanting to deliver a spectacular knockout. And against Dylan White, he got himself clipped and hurt. And it was a tough battle. And against Andy Ruiz first time around, he got battered and beaten and lost. So yeah, maybe AJ will, will put in a more clinical performance and a calmer performance against Pulev with no fans than he would with fans. All remains to be seen. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening, I'm out. If you live in the Sheffield area and you need a kitchen fitted, make sure you check out JW Interiors. My friend James has been in the industry for many, many years. He is the Vassal Lomachenko of kitchen fitters, and he's a real good solid Yorkshireman to boot. So check him out at JW Interiors. I'll leave links in the description below to his Facebook page, to his website, and you can find all the contact details there. So check him out, JW Interiors. Tyson Fury has once again called out Anthony Joshua 
to face him in the ring. Now, there's a lot of back and forth between these two at the moment. And ultimately, until Tyson Fury has taken care of this Deontay Wilder situation, then there's no point in talking about, you know, having the AJ fight or golden AJ and acting like AJ don't really want to fight him because he is contractually obligated to face Deontay Wilder next. And at the moment, provisionally, they're saying December, whereas a few weeks ago, they were saying next year, January or February. So God knows what's going on with that. But either way, Tyson Fury is kind of golden Anthony Joshua in recent interviews because of the fact that AJ didn't turn up to spar because AJ said on live television in the UK that he would be happy to fly out to America and help Tyson Fury uh, prepare for the Deontay Wilder rematch and that never happened. So first of all, to quote Tyson Fury's trainer, uh, Javon Sugar Hill, and by the way, I'm not sure why Sugar Hill has added Steward onto the end of his name because yes, his uncle was Manny Steward, but it's only in recent times that Hill has added the steward name onto the end of his name. He was always known as Javon Sugar Hill for many years. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's in honor of his uncle and maybe it's a, a family name that he's also used in the past. I don't know. Trivial matter. But he said, quote, Anthony Joshua says a lot. He was supposed to come into training camp and train with us. I guess that goes to show how far his word goes, end quote. And Fury said something similar. So Fury said, quote, we wanted some of that action. He said he was coming, but he didn't. We can't really take what he says as his word anymore. If I'm too old in the tooth and I need to retire, come and retire me, end quote. So what Fury is alluding to there is recent comments from Anthony Joshua, where he's been trying to separate himself in terms of the way that the public perceive him. He's trying to separate himself from Tyson Fury, basically saying that him and Fury are from two different eras. He's pointing out that he has had far fewer fights than Tyson Fury and far less time as a professional. I think Tyson Fury turned pro, when was it? Four years before AJ or five years? I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it was six years. And AJ's at, point, at pains to point this out. And basically what he's saying, at least my interpretation of it, is you should give him more credit for what he's achieved so far because he hasn't been in boxing, professional boxing, anywhere near as long as Tyson Fury, but yet he's become unified champion, two-time world heavyweight champion. Look at all the people he's beaten. I don't think it's AJ trying to get out of a fight with Tyson Fury. That I could be wrong, but I don't think that's what it is. I just think it's AJ urging the public to actually look at how long both guys have been pro and judge them accordingly. Where was Tyson Fury? after he'd only been boxing as a professional for however many years AJ's been boxing. Was he at the same position AJ's at with all the achievements and the world titles? No, he wasn't. So that's what I think AJ's doing. I think he just wants people to judge his achievements fairly and in the context of him achieving far more than Tyson Fury did in the same number of fights. Okay, now Tyson Fury has achieved a hell of a lot in his career and he has much more impressive elite level wins than AJ has. AJ beat Klitschko, of course. That was an elite level win, but he had to climb off the canvas and it, you know, most neutral observers will tell you that AJ was behind in that fight. I know the judges didn't have it that way, but I'm sorry, people, he was behind in that Klitschko fight and he got dropped heavily. He was getting outboxed and he managed to pull it out of the bag 
very late on, when it looked like he was probably going to lose on points. Tyson Fury, on the other hand, barely lost the round against Klitschko, 18 months earlier, whatever it was. And then his rematch with Deontay Wilder, he absolutely decimated Wilder. It wasn't even competitive. So even though Anthony Joshua has got more world title fights under his belt, um, and he's got more top-level names on his record, he doesn't have the dominant wins at top level that Tyson Fury has that really make him look like he's head and shoulders above everybody else. So that's what I'll say about it, okay? I'm going to be fair to both fighters. Uh, but be that, be that as it may, the back and forth between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, it keeps the hype going and it helps to build up to hopefully getting an undisputed. And by the way, another thing that Tyson Fury has said in recent days is that Anthony Joshua should relinquish his WBO belt. But isn't that just Tyson Fury trying to help out his co-promoter Frank Warren? Because if he relinquishes the WBO belt, that means that Daniel Dubois can fight for it against Alexander Usyk. Because Fury is making out as though that WBO uh, mandatory that AJ is obligated to have against Usyk is what's standing in the way of the fight between him and Wilder. But again, uh, excuse me, between him and AJ. But again, the fight between Fury and Wilder is actually standing in the way. So as much as he says AJ should drop the belt, I mean, when does he want him to do it? Now? What if he drops it now and then Tyson Fury loses to Wilder somehow or goes in a different direction? You know? So I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of kidology going on. I think AJ should try and keep hold of all of his belts because I am a bit of a boxing anorak like that and I'd like to see an undisputed champion. So I think if he can, he should keep hold of all the belts, pay whoever he's got to pay and get the undisputed fight on. And, and Eddie Hearn keeps on saying that he is happy to sign for the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury undisputed fight now. They're happy to sign for it now. They keep t saying this publicly. And if that's the case, then let's get it done. Let's get it signed. You know, that way nobody, that way AJ is contractually obligated to go ahead with the fight. And if that's the case, then he'll have to drop the WBO if it gets into a legal situation. So I think that Tyson Fury should get onto Bob Arum, get onto Frank Warren and say, okay, let's, uh, you know, take Eddie Hearn up on his offer of signing for the fight now. Let's take him up on that. If he's bluffing, let's call his bluff. But if he's serious, great. Let's sign for the fight now. Then as long as we win our next fights, AJ against Pulev and Fury against Wilder, then we'll have the undisputed fight in 2021. Let's do it. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about all the things I've discussed in this video. It's happening, I'm out. On Abbas Hussein here from Seconds Out. I'm here with Apinen Konsong. Firstly, Apinen, uh, welcome to the UK. Is this the first time he's been here? <laughs> อ๋อสวัสดีครับก็ครั้งนี้ก็เป็นครั้งที่ 2 
Your name was linked before when um, Josh Taylor was fighting Barinchek in the World Boxing Super Series. Your name was there as a standby. Uh, you've seen Josh Taylor, you spoke about coming to the UK and seeing Josh Taylor. What do you make of Josh Taylor as a fighter? Tottenham is uh, powerful and uh, quick, very quick and powerful. Um, looking at Josh Taylor, what does it feel like Josh Taylor is weak in? What, what chinks has he got in his armor? What weakness does he see in Josh Taylor? Uh, yeah, I, I see his witness. Yes. I see his witness. He see his witness. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about yourself and where you've been fighting previously. You've only been fighting in Thailand and Japan. Um, coming to the UK to fight, you're topping the bill. You're the head. You're, head, you're the headline of a, of a big bill. Josh Taylor's uh, two. He's got two of the belts of the division. Um, is there any pressure going into this fight from yourself? เอ่อคุณเป็นมาก่อยที่ประเทศญี่ปุ่นแล้วแล้วก็ประเทศไทยนี่อดหนอนแล้วก็ประเทศเอ่อครั้งที่ 2 Yes, uh, I fight here. I feel I feel uh, easy, relaxed because uh, this fight, uh, this fight we fight in the studio is no boxing fan. That is the not different, and I I think that it's not different even we fight in Thailand or fight in Japan the same. Uh, let's talk about fights outside yourself. I want to talk about a big fight that's been announced: uh, Vasil Lomachenko versus Teofimo Lopez. Uh, what's your thoughts on that fight? Who do you see winning that fight? Come on, where? เอ่อโลมาชิงโกไปกับโลเปสคือว่าใครชนะผมบอกว่าเอฟจีอาโดมาชิงโกนะอีสเตนโลมาชิงโกโลมาชิงโกฟาเนลวอตคันวีเอ
Got the ass whooped. Yeah. Got smashed. Go figure. What's this like a, a UK versus America thing today? You know what? This isn't about countries and stuff like that. This is about four men playing golf. I'm shutting that down real quick. Okay. <laughs> Not gonna have me saying that. When I'm in this country right now. I got I got two more fortnights to go. Huh? I play any stroke play. No. Or, two, or, or like 2v2. Stroke play, okay. Stroke play, yeah. Did anyone think to get a card? card? Yeah, I've got one here. But it's been used. I mean, it's only two people on it. Just scratch it and we, got, we play the bottom. We yeah, play the bottom. We're only playing nine anyway. Hey, just put CMD. Oh, you got AMD already. So what is uh, doubling up? No, I just think we're, I think we're gonna all play single, so we're just gonna play stroke play. Because I like, well, I like to play stroke play. I like it. No, I, I always like a bit of stroke play beforehand. Always. Okay. Okay. Works better for me actually. Fair enough. <clears throat> Don't be recording my first uh, tier. Don't worry, that's going to get recorded. <laughs> How's the whole Morecambe experience, Sugar? Good try. Uh, the Morecambe experience is good. I mean, it's like I'm at home. I'm here with Tyson Fury. I'm staying with him. This is home. You too. Yeah, so, see that? It's like being at home. So, like, all, all the Americans do find each other in Morecambe. Oh, oh, is that American? I don't know. I've, just, I've been speaking to everybody. I didn't lose all the balls last time. Is this the one I won with? That's the yeah. one I won. That's the winning ball. You can have it. Give you a bit of. Uh... You brand new pack. You lost all the last one. No, I didn't. Get your dick. I can't go to the last hole to spank you. Hmm. What are we going to see today? Come on, warm up. Do what you got to do. Little, should the champ tee off first, right? Where the new score card? Uh, not, not many. You got a walk in front of you. I know that. I can see it, but blind am I? Oh! Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I don't care how far you hit it, what you hit, I'm hitting my ball. I don't play your game. I can't use the four or the five. I have to use the four. Use the firewood. No, I don't like the woods. See, I struggle with these on the wet floor. I can't stop the going anywhere. Struggle with them. Make sure you He's hit down. Yeah, make sure you hit down on the floor. I'm gonna use the wood then. You want to use it? 
wind feel? Big baseball head. Wind is in my face. <laughs> there you go, nice and easy. Going to shit. At least they cut it. You are one lucky Javi! <laughs> Matty! What's that mean? Did you find yours? Yeah, it's just there. It's just there. I'm going to watch this camera back because I feel like you've dropped the ball on the Nope. He said he feels like I've dropped the ball. So you've had, you've hit three shots already. And now you're dropping force, you're hitting your fifth. Yeah. Come back! Alright, mate, let me get through. <laughs> now we're going to hit a little cheeky salmon onto the green. Do you want it? Nice, okay. Who cares, on, man? Doesn't matter who goes. little Detroit person. The wind, the, the wind slowed down. Yeah, he's going. How many do you Chug? One the same as you. Three, yeah. Ty's hit five already. This is six, but you guarantee what you is a bad cheater for golf. Go to the chipping, shall we? Are you going to are you laying out Tyson or going straight over? Straight, straight over. Go straight to that middle. Okay, I am there. <laughs> if that's what we're Tyson, doing. Don't do what you see me do, man. Oh, unbelievable. 
Just what I did last time, huh? Pick that ass up. Yeah, pick Get that ass up. Get his ass, Ty. Get your ass up. Get him. Get his ass. <laughs> I thought I did say pick now. I refuse to take your time. We're going to teach him a lesson. He's going to learn today. He's going to learn today. Land us on top of the bunker? Yeah, just, just the right hand side. Can't make me tired now. Oh, good enough, Link. <laughs> the cameras will be just to help me out today, the pressure. Thank you, I didn't see where it landed, did you? He's on the ball. Is on the ball. <laughs> what shall we approach as this with the in force wind facing south? And here we are, Mr. Hill. Excellent shot to the rough. That ball is gone. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> you was hitting four over there. Yeah. We just agreed four. Yeah, so now what? Five. Oh my god, fucking damn bastard. Oh yeah, because you hit it all on a good pot, didn't yeah. you? Fuck it up. So don't worry, right. we got it, we got it, don't worry. Could have got it again in. <laughs> Six I got. Bastard! I knew they're the worst ones, it just lands on the lip. <laughs> that one and this one? Yep. And that one. Every time. I know what I'm not using off that tee. Fucking driver. Good shot, Good Matthew. Good shot. Oh. Shit. It ain't going in the sand. This oh, one's left. Wow. It's gone. It ain't gone, it's right there on the head. Gone. Everything you guys have gone. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Good night, Vienna. Ah! I'll tell you something. Stop trying to hit the ball. Oh, oh, long. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just turned it on to see your little strop, Ty. There you go. So one, drop a shot, two. You're going to beat Ty. Ty is fucked. Four. He's, he's had four shots, listen, he's there. He's royally fucked. His head's gone. He's never going to get back into it trying to swing for the fences. Like, that's going to make up some points. I mean, it's strokes. What do you use here, coach? Nice fairway shot. So that's, that's sticking 150 yards, so you got a long way to go. Hit the same shot, that way you lay up before the water, and then you get your nice easy shot over the water. So, so six again, yeah? Yeah. Just nice and ping it down the middle, son. Come on, Fiori, what you're Oh, yeah. Right in front of you. Yep, it's not right. When you don't even hit your heart, it goes that far anyway. Oh, but you. <laughs>
Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Razaban here for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me, I've got the British light heavyweight champion, uh, Shakan Peters. Uh, Shaq, um, last time I spoke to you was prior to your fight with Ch- Chad Sajdin. I hope that's how you pronounce his surname. Um, since then, you've become the British champion. How are things? How's life? Yeah, man, it's been busy. My life's normally busy anyway, but it's been obviously a lot more busier. Um, like after that fight, I had a lot of media stuff on. Um, uh, finally managed to obviously have a little light break and back on it, man. So my life's just obviously busy, you know what I mean? It's work at the end of the day. So I get a handle of these things. You know, British title now is behind me. Um, and I'm focusing and training for the next fight in November. Uh, how was your mini break? Where did you go? I went to Cyprus. Yeah, it was it was decent, man. Just went there with my lady, just jammed, you know, it was good. Nice little uh, relaxing one. I can see you enjoy that. I was looking at your WhatsApp stories every day. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at the WhatsApp, yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, we had a good time. I think, you know, just good to just like obviously rewind a little bit, um, taking the scenery. Obviously, not these ladies, these women are like, man, they like to sunbathe and do all that, so... I just went with the floor, had a relaxing one, obviously done done a few little things out there as well myself and it was all good, man. It was good. You only fought uh, a few weeks ago um, and you're out relatively quite quickly. Obviously not yeah. as quickly as Isaac Chamberlain who came out, I think within three weeks' time, you had two back-to-back fights. Um, yeah. Is there a reason why you decided to fight so soon? I like to, If you look at like, my record and that, I like to stay busy anyway. Um, but like... Uh, as I say, you know, I, I, I did aim for myself after that fight, you know, for two or three fights before the year's out. So probably realistically now it's looking like, I don't know, probably this will be my last one for the year's out. But um, I like staying busy, you know, I went through that fight, um, didn't have any injuries, um, you know, just done what I had to do. And then obviously, like I said, I look forward to this one. What did you learn from your fight uh, with, with Chad? Did you, did you learn anything about yourself? Did you, learn, did you see that you can make any further improvements? You know what, it's not even the fight. Like, I learned a lot about myself in training. Um, each training camp, I think all boxers will tell you, you know, they learn something about themselves each training camp. You learn something new about your body. You learn something new about you, whether that's a physical or mental thing. Um, so for me, throughout training, everything was going right. Um, you know, sparring was well. My weight was all good. Not that I ever struggled with it anyway, but everything was all good. And, um, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I learned more about myself before I even get into the fight. The fight's more or less the easy bit, you know what I mean? Um, when you put your body through all these training camps and grueling camps, then you do learn about yourself when you face those challenges in front of you um, with yourself. I remember speaking to you back in March uh, in Coventry 
at the press conference. This is before yeah, yeah. COVID-19 came and ruined everything. I know, and then, man. And then obviously, we, you didn't have the fight immediately. You had it in, what, a few weeks ago now. I don't mean to go on a negative, but I, I got to ask you the question. Obviously, the, the UK Prime Minister has introduced further restrictions, social distancing, lockdowns of restaurants and pubs and mingling with other people, etc., etc. And, it, and it, is, it doesn't look like we're going in the right direction in terms of it getting any better anytime soon. Um, mm. So do you feel like there could potentially be another lockdown coming in and you just want to fight while you've got the opportunity to? Um, now, nah, it's like I said, I don't, I don't rush things with my career. It's what I do, what I was doing before COVID came, you know, um, I was relatively busy anyway. I'm not one to take long breaks or anything. I like to get straight back in it. Um, obviously, these restrictions, we're all in the same boat. You know, not that pubs or anything is going to affect me or any of that, but we're all in the same boat. we just got to work around with it and get on with it. I just focus on what I can't control. I can't control, you know, the rules what's in place now. We all have to follow the same guidelines. And um, all I can focus on is me, um, you know, just delivering, doing what I've got to do and prepare. I don't, I don't train with anything in the back of my head to think, oh, you know, fights not happening, COVID's here or anything. I train like I always do. You know, I prepare hard. If, if it doesn't happen, so be it. But in my head, it's going to happen, um, no doubt. I don't see why it should change, to be fair, because they've got a lot of things in place. Um, all, all the boxing bodies, really, they've got things in place which is going to ensure the fighters and, um, you know, the medical staff and so on is in a safe environment. So I don't see why this should affect anything, you know, coming forward for boxing. I know it's been announced, obviously, his next opponent in November, uh, Craig Richards. Uh, for those who don't know, you were supposed to fight Craig a while ago. Um, the match, mm. the fight was made and, and it didn't take place for whatever reasons. Um, now, obviously, you and Craig both have an opponent that you both fought very recently. Uh, in Chad, so do you take anything from that the way you fought him and the way Craig dealt with him? Obviously, that fight I believe was a draw. Yeah, now I don't, you know, like I said, each performance I put on, I don't watch like things or you know everyone else is doing. I just take on for me that performance is behind me now. Um, you know, now I've got to focus on the new venture, which is obviously defending my belt, which I will, and you know, facing Craig. Um, obviously. Me going ahead of November, it's not, I know it's not Chad in front of me. Craig knows it's not Chad in front of him. And he's going to find out that it's you know more elite fighter in front of him, which he will. But um, I don't take anything from it at all. Like I said, I just got, I, that's behind me now. I've, uh, me and Chad's had our fight. I wish him the best with his career going forward. And I've just got to focus on my journey and path. What do you make of Craig as a fighter? Obviously, he's had some great fights. I remember being there when he fought Jake Paul, which was a clinical performance. Um, he was, I was also there when he fought Frank Buglioni, which he took on very short notice, and I, I believe that went the full distance as well. So, great experience for him. Obviously, a defeat doesn't do anything other than give you great experience. So, what do you make of Craig uh, as a fighter? Like I said, you know, he's done things right to get where he is. Um, but... As a fighter, you know what I mean? He, do, I, he doesn't possess the things I possess and do any of the things better than what I do. You know what I mean? He, he ain't going to outbox me, in fact. And if he wants to try and make it a fight, he'll find out he'll lose in that direction too. Uh, you know, I'm glad, like, in these recent things, he's trying to say I'm philippistic, whatever. I'm glad because this what this what a lot of them think. You know what I mean? I know I've got power. I can hit. I'm big for the weight. Um, you know, statistically, he's looking at, 
probably my earlier fights, but I was fighting a lot of negative cruiserweights and so on. And the way I've made, I've controlled fights how I've wanted to control fights, you know what I mean? So um, you'll find out, you'll definitely find out very sure, <laughs> you know what I mean? I haven't, I, I know there was a press conference between both of you. I haven't mm. seen it, but I just saw on your WhatsApp status where you use the word donut. Uh, yeah. What, can you tell me what happened? What was discussed? What was said? Oh, that's just me. That's just the character of me, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, um, that's how I feel. Um, you know what I mean? I'll put what I want uh, in regards to how I feel at the time and, uh, and about him. But um, it was just like I said, he was saying things, you know, it's the fight, it's the fight game, it's fight talk. Um, for me, it's just business. Nothing's taken personal. He's saying what he's got to say. I was saying facts and things what I got to say. And that's just that, you know what I mean? He's, he's got his shot November the 14th and everyone will see again, you know, uh, me defend my title, me beat him. And that's just it. I'm sure he'll move on to other things and and so on. You know what I mean? It's just, like I said, it's, an, it's another day for me. Are you looking at defending this belt a few times or are you looking at potentially going up the ranks and, and moving to that next level, that European type level? Um, for now, I'm just focusing on November 14th. I'm defending it against Craig. I don't look past that. Um, once I've defended that belt on November 14th, then, like I said, my team will go again and we'll, we'll see if we're going to obviously defend it, which I'm sure possibly we will anyway. Um, because there's a lot of good fights, domestic level and so on. So I, I don't know. Like I said, after Craig, after I get the victory against Craig, then my team and so on, you know, we'll, we'll talk more on that for sure. I know we sp when we spoke in March, you, when you were initially going to fight in front of fans, you said to me you're going to bring a nice little army of fans to cheer you on. Say that again, sorry. When, you, when we spoke in March face-to-face -face and we talked yeah. about the fight being close to Birmingham and you were going to bring a nice, mm. you were going to bring a, well, a lot of friends and family were going to come and support you uh, at the fight. That obviously didn't happen. So what was the experience like, though, fighting behind closed doors? For me, it didn't make a difference, honestly. I mean, um, everyone who's fought behind closed doors will tell you, I mean, once you're in that ring, you're zoned in anyway. Um, the only bit what was weird for me, obviously, is like, um, you know, your ring walk, you normally got the buzz of the crowd. Um, when I got the win, uh, even in between rounds, like, they don't really play, like, mad music or anything like that. You know, it's a bit more muted. Um, and, like, after when I got the win and then that's my name, it was kind of muted. Claps, obviously, it's not a big, you know, big roar when you would bring a fan and so on, your fans and so on. So, um, but apart from that, honestly, it didn't make a difference to me. Um, I'm, I'm a, a boxer at the end of the day. It's only going to be me and my opponent in the ring with a ref and I've just got a job to do and get the job done. But in the back of your head, you know that they're watching anyway and the sport's real and the sport's there. So it, it's all good. It didn't really affect me at all. And obviously able to showcase your skills on terrestrial TV on Channel 5 as well, which had great mm. viewing numbers, uh, which I saw. Yeah, yeah, it had good numbers and it was a brilliant show that uh, McKennessy put on, you know. The undercard was good. A lot of people were talking not just about our fights, about the undercards, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of excitement and um, McKennessy doing brilliant, bringing, um, you know, the boxing back to Channel 5 and also myself, you know what I mean? I can't thank him enough for the opportunities what he's um, presented to myself. And it feels good to be, you know, a part of, you know, Hennessy Sports, a part of um, their actual, um, you know, uh, branding. And like I said, I'll just keep delivering the ring as long as they believe in me, which he does. I'll keep doing my job in the ring and uh, deliver. It's finally, Jack, uh, a lot of rumours going around at the moment. I just want to get your opinion, obviously, because you're in the fight game. Looks like mm. it could happen. Floyd Mayweather um, fighting a YouTuber. I don't know if you saw it uh, online. Oh. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, uh, but 
is that good for boxing? I know we saw KSI and Paul fight last year, and it was two YouTubers that both went out and got themselves licensed. But here we're looking at one of the greatest of all time versus a YouTuber who lost to KSI last year. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know what it is? Floyd's a businessman now, isn't it? And, um, you know, he's done everything right to put himself in whatever position he wants to be in. You know, I'm sure anyone, any boxer could be sitting here and thinking, no, nah, no, nah, you know, Floyd's damaging or, you know, KSI shouldn't be facing. But if Floyd offered them 50 million or how she, or, or how much they're all fighting for, I don't know, these YouTubers, how much actually they get, probably about a good 20 or whatever, or 10. Um, I'm sure a lot of people jump at the chance, you know. Um, many people would spar him for free. So to fight him, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't watch what, again, I can't focus on that. Uh, it's, that's Floyd's way of getting an easy payday. Not that I'm sure he don't need it, but if it presents himself for him, he's going he's gonna to jump to opportunity. So I can't knock his hustle. And um, yeah, that's good for them. I'm not really going to be something where I'm going to pay pay-per-view to watch that fight, you know what I mean? But it's whatever, isn't it? it it's, that's what he's going to do. <laughs> let, him do it, let him crack on with his hustle. It's funny because a lot of people would say that I'm not going to buy the pay-per-view, but when it gets closer to the time and the hype starts to build a little bit, and we know when Floyd Mayweather, whenever he fights, he brings the show. A lot yeah, yeah. A lot of people just generally go ahead and do buy. What's that, sorry? I said a lot of people just generally go ahead and do buy. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Floyd's a good businessman. He's not just a you know brilliant fighter, which everyone knows. You know, He's a good businessman. He's put himself in these positions, as I say, like, so... It, you know, warrant, warrantedly for him, no one can no one can question that because it's probably people, if he was in the same position, people would do the same. So I'm not going to knock what he's doing. Good for him um, if he's going to do that. But um, in regards to boxing, I don't know, because fans, there's some fans who just want to see Floyd back in the ring. So they're still obviously going to be happy to see him back in the ring. But obviously they'd want to see him with another a, a, another credible opponent. Not that he's not for all of the credible opponents, but they'd want to see him again with someone like that. But he's earned the right to do what he has to do. All right, Shaq, I appreciate your time uh, this evening. Yeah. Um, best of luck in camp. I'm sure I'm definitely going to catch up with you before fight anyway. Yeah, of course. And I, I can't say, I, can't, I don't even want to ask when you're going in camp because I know you're always in camp. So, yeah, you uh, got to stay on it, man. You got to stay on it. 100%. So I wish you all the best. Continued success, my man, and health for yourself and your family you. during these crazy times that we're living in. Um, thank you. Likewise yourself, man. Thank you. And we'll definitely catch up with you soon. Shukan Peters for IFL TV. Thank you very much. Respect. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt.